When you think of all the cool issues surrounding crypto, what's the very last thing you want to think about? Decentralization? Censorship resistance? Going to the moon? Buying the Lambo? All those are great. But when it comes to taxes, people go running for cover. But burying your head in the sand isn't smart. It's essential that you understand how to manage your crypto gains and losses properly. We're now in the thick of tax season, and today we welcome Clinton Donnelly, the crypto tax fixer, to the show. Clinton is a certified public accountant who claims to be on the cutting edge of crypto tax law. And then we'll introduce you to a crypto tax tool designed to make the tracking of your trades easy to manage. Pat Larson developed ZenLedger to provide the world's leading tax and accounting software for crypto investments, trading, and fund operations. This is going to be a very taxing episode get it (laughs) taxing okay well we promise to make it fun because a spoonful of sugar does help the medicine to go down and i heard the irs agents are allergic to sugar well at least that's what i read on twitter it's episode number 374 of the bad crypto podcast Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, show for the crypto curious, the crypto serious, and the crypto taxonomous. This is this will be this is going to be a really fun episode for some, and like probably scary for others. But super important, any way you slice it. You know, we try and make everything fun, and we had a good time both with Clinton and with Pat. And this information is essential for everybody in the crypto space to understand. There's a lot of things that I did not know, and uh, I need some of my crypto tax fixed. Good stuff. So before we get into that, let's talk about our show sponsor, Upland. Upland is really cool. We actually had a chance to meet them uh, again in person in New York. So great stuff. Location-based property trading game that is paired with a decentralized economy. Sort of like Monopoly, um, but not quite. But it's imagine that on a blockchain world. So the blockchain tech ensures true ownership for the players. Uplanders collect in-game currency called Upix as a reward for their ownership and completing missions in the game. There's also going to be some treasure hunts and some other stuff that's popping up. So Upix can be used to purchase more properties, develop land, and to pay for digital goods, et cetera, et cetera. And also, you can go to an airport and then fly to another city. That's coming up, too. That's right. We actually got the opportunity to draw a winner for the first parcel at SFO Mm -hmm. live from the nft.nyc event and as of now the winner has not yet claimed their prize travis i actually messaged him this morning and they've just got a short time to do it but once Mm -hmm. they do anybody in upland will be able to go to sfo try to claim a parcel and when anybody wants to go anywhere else they have to go through an airport and so you get paid if you own one of those parcels yeah it's really cool and well the person's name was cinnamon come on cinnamon Get, out, get with the program, get your thing so other people can get to the airport. But uh, go check it out. Actually, if you go to badco.in forward slash upland and you sign up through that link on your mobile device, that will actually double your your beginning amount of upics that you have. Normally, when you start, you get 3,000. If you go through our link, they're giving you guys 6,000, which should be enough to get a property. So go check it out. It's badco.in forward slash upland. All righty. The crypto tax fixer is in the house. Let's do this. It's the second most wonderful time of the year. It's the topic that everybody 
wants to talk about. It's the most requested topic. It's the one that you guys are lining up to go, oh, man, we can't wait to talk about taxes. Yeah. How excited are you, Travis? I don't mess with Texas. We're talking about Texas? No, no not Texas. Taxes. Taxes. Oh. Okay. You know, render unto Caesar that which belongs to Caesar. Oh yeah, the thing that wasn't that didn't that didn't actually exist in America until the Federal Reserve was created. Then they decided to create the IRS system too. That whole thing. Oh yeah, kind of, kind of that. But you know, regardless of what you think of taxes, uh, whether they're legitimate or not, whether taxation is theft or, or charity, we all have to pay them. And so we're pretty excited to have the crypto tax fixer with us today. His name is Clinton Donnelly. He's the founder of Donnelly Tax Law. He solves complex U.S. tax problems for Americans with assets, no matter where they are, and especially for crypto traders. He speaks at conferences, and he goes beyond preparing returns to anticipating how the IRS will select returns to examine. This is some pretty important stuff, gang. Even though taxes are not the sexiest thing in the world, Mr. Clinton Donnelly is. Welcome to Bad Crypto, good sir. It's a pleasure to be here, Joel. Are you yeah, saying he's, you... he's the sexiest man in crypto taxes? Is that what you're saying? Uh, he might be. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a good judge of uh, sexy and crypto taxes. Think of a three-letter word that ends in X. Mm, tax. <laughs> Ticks. <laughs> Tux. Facts. Facts. Well, I want, here's my first question. How much uh, flack do you get for having the name Clinton? Uh, it is, uh, you know, I used to go by Clint, you know, Clint Eastwood. Everybody called me Clint. But then Bill Clinton got elected, and so I definitely couldn't use the word Clinton. Now I'm married. People, I introduce myself as Clinton, and they go, and your wife? What's her name? Ah, that's Monica. Works yeah. well. They remember you. I did not Great. have tax relations with that woman. <laughs> what's, what's your body count is what I want to know. Oh, yeah. depends on the definition of is. <laughs> oh, very good. He's probably he's probably got all the answers. Well, why true. don't you uh, why don't you give our audience here at the Republic of Bad Cryptopia a an untaxed non nation a little bit of overview of who you are and your passion for crypto and helping people with their crypto returns. Certainly. Hey, I have a uh, advanced law degree in. Uh, international financial reporting and regulation, which uh, is kind of a weird place to begin with. But when we get into looking at cryptocurrency reporting, we find that cryptos are have foreign reporting obligations that most taxpayers, not even most accountants don't understand. These are the anti-money laundering laws that come to bear. Every uh, person has to report their, their these anti-money laundering laws. And if you look on Schedule B of the tax return, this is the interest and dividends. Right at the bottom, there's this question. It's been there 15 years, and it says, did you have a financial interest or signature authority in a financial account in a foreign country? And, you know, that would, I think Binance would fall into that category. You have to answer yes or no. Failure to answer yes or no is a felony if you don't answer it correctly, and the poster child of this is that guy that got nailed uh, during the Mueller-Trump investigation. What's his name? Paul Manafort. Remember, he was the campaign manager. He got hammered mm -hmm. with, uh, violating this very thing. He had a bunch of accounts in Ukraine banks. So this is a critical thing that um, we don't realize as crypto reporting. We have anti-money laundering reports, 
But I think the biggest uh, thing that, well, the second biggest thing is this year when we file our tax returns, there's a new question, very similar. It says, yes or no, did you buy, sell, send, receive, or have any financial interest in virtual currencies or cryptocurrencies? So everyone, every taxpayer has to answer yes or no. Once you answer yes, you're on the list that the IRS has of crypto traders. And guess what? If you were a crypto trader in 2019, odds are pretty big you were in 18 and you were also in 17, right? So all those returns are open, they're exposed. And the biggest thing that I get up, really gets me pumped, Joel, is, is how uh, few CPAs understand how to do crypto taxes. I'll tell you a story. I talked to this guy uh, two months ago. Uh, he said he realized in September of 2019 that his accountant never reported his cryptos back in 2017, couldn't do it in 18. So he got a new accountant, he went to a firm you know, of like 14 CPAs, went to the partner. They took the account. Two weeks later, they said, we can't do this. He went to another regional accounting firm. The partner said, uh, we can't do this. And then he went to a tax attorney that was also a CPA. The guy charged him $10,000. And after a couple of weeks, he comes back and says, I can't do it. He kept the $10,000. He called me up and I said, you know, he described a situation. We're going to do tax amnesty for 2016, 17, 18. We're going to report his anti-money laundering forms. Uh, we're going to do like-kind exchange on his previous things. We're going to do tax. We're going to do affidavits to give him credit for uh, scams he was in, lost investments. I told him, you're not complex for me. You're actually quite simple. I mean, my largest client had 165,000 transactions. It's very complex stuff. There's nothing mm -hmm. has stumped us. This is what's sad is that most accountants, like you know, most taxpayers like yourselves, depend on your accountant to know stuff, but they don't. I just had a guy two days ago. He said he didn't like my price, went to another accountant. He said two weeks later, the guy said couldn't do it. Another guy said he could do it. Then he, that guy backed away. And these are accountants. They think they can do it, but they can't. Uh, so it just can be passionate. That's why I'm really trying to get the word out to teach people what a great crypto tax return should be and why you need it to protect yourself from the IRS. Mm -hmm. So are you, are, do you have like a training program where you're teaching other CPAs? Are you out there sort of doing the gospel to help these other CPAs? Because there's so many CPAs that have no clue. Are you the guy who's helping them find that clue? I'm going past the CPAs. I'm going right to the taxpayers. Educate the taxpayers on what a good return should look like. So when they realize their CPA is not doing it right, they can, they can figure it out. So we've, um, what we've done is we've, uh, this year we've come out with a program called Crypto Tax Audit. For $97, you can get a tax audit defense for any return that you have that the IRS or the state audits. And if the thing that they're auditing is specifically about how the cryptos are reported, we will defend you, giving you the IRS representation and tax researches at no charge. So, you know, we're just going to try to help as many people as possible. If you subscribe to Crypto Tax Audit, we also have just made available uh, a two-part video series to show taxpayers how to use TurboTax to basically hack TurboTax to do a great crypto tax return. You basically have to do some You're, you're going to teach people how to be a hacker? Yeah, yeah. Ta hack your tax. Okay. So first of all, everybody out there is crapping their pants right now because they're like, what? Felony? Ah! Okay, uh, let's revisit the, um, the this audit here that you're offering people in a little bit, and let's talk a little bit about the the tax law, and let's get some clarity around, you know, how crypto taxes work in the real world. 
Well, that's a great question, Joel. The IRS came out in 2014, and the international regulatory community has also reaffirmed this, that cryptocurrencies are taxed like property, property like a car, like a house. Now, those things are only taxed when you sell them, when, when you make a profit. That's when you make income from property, when you unload it. Whether you unload it for cash or whether you unload it for another crypto, the fair market value of that gain is taxed, and uh, that's what is that's what you have to report as what's called a capital gain. Now, the biggest thing that shocks people is thinking that if I went that they thought it'd only be taxed if they went to fiat. No, 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 no. Now you have to report anytime I go from one crypto to another, that's a taxable event. It might be a gain, it might be a loss, but you have to report it. Failure to report it is. Uh, you know, could be considered tax evasion if it were, you know, significant. That's the major concept about crypto taxes. Then you got, you know, then you get into like, well, what do you do with staking? What do you do with mining? And they're all different forms of uh, income. You just have to think of it in terms of where's the income, report the income. That's the short message. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of stuff that's going on. And you actually mentioned something around tax amnesty. I don't necessarily know that you know our audience even knows what that is. It says you you filed hundreds of crypto returns and over nine hundred tax amnesty tax returns. What does that mean? What is that process for folks that are in crypto? Okay, so I mentioned anti money laundering forms. A crypto trader has two anti money laundering forms they have to report, and uh, it, they're two different regulations. That's why there's two of them. If you have to report all your foreign financial accounts, so you're on Binance, KuCoin, Bitstamp, you know. These are all foreign exchanges. You have to report those. The only way you don't report them is if you had less than 10,000 total across all of them. Now, uh, failure to report them, and the IRS discovers it, they'll mail you a letter, and it's immediate $10,000 penalty. Then when you send in the form, they can hit you with a $10,000 penalty for every single account. That illustration I just gave you, that's a $40,000 penalty, and they can hit you for that every single year. In fact, this is the easiest way for the IRS to audit crypto traders. Uh, and for a couple reasons, one is it's very black and white. You know, it's cut and dry. There's no question about it. We're not arguing how much the price of Bitcoin was when you swapped it for, you know, Expanse coin or, you know, altcoin. No, this is very black and white. Secondly, the penalties are really high. And they can get super high if they think that you had a, a – I mean, the, the court case that shows this, a guy named Charles Zwenger had more or less a million dollars in a Bermuda bank account. He never reported this form. This is called the FBAR form. And it went to court, and he was penalized $3.4 million. That's right, 3.4 times the total amount of money he had in the account. It went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said this was not a violation of the Eighth Amendment protection against excessive fines. Because it's only the logic for the anti-money laundering is that's just the tip of the iceberg. That one million was just the tip. So uh, this is how they. This is the easiest way for the IRS to go after enforcement. It's not. They're not going to audit how you calculated your uh, trades and stuff. I mean, they will, but it's a very simple. They can only get to so, a small level of detail, and it's far easier to prosecute in court the FBAR violations. Plus the other one, the eighty-nine thirty-eight form, you have to report not just your foreign accounts, but the some of all the transactions you had with foreigners. Now, you say, what? what What foreigners? Like, let's say you were trading solely on a U.S. exchange, Coinbase. The beauty of an exchange, you have no idea who you traded with. That's right. 
It could have been a foreigner. It could have been, you know, the financial CFO of the Taliban, as far as you know. So you have to treat all trades as foreign. And in the Internal Revenue Code, Section 6038D says you have to report any financial instrument or contract for investment purposes where the counterparty is not a U.S. person. You have to report this. Failure to report it, $10,000 penalty. So tax amnesty, we, we basically put in an affidavit which basically says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't know what I was doing. And we, we put that in and we get the penalties. All these penalties get waived. And I've done it, we've done it for like 900 returns, over 900 returns. We had a 100% success rate. And it's a fantastic program the IRS has. You would probably need to do it if you were a trader in 17 and 18 uh, you know, fix those past years because that's how the IRS will go after. They have so many years to go after people. They don't have to hit you right away with a, a bad tax return. Well, again, I think that, you know, you've got everybody crapping their pants right now. If if fear is your motivator here, then I would say you're doing a uh, a, a really good job of, uh, of scaring everybody. But, you know, maybe, the, you know, what you're presenting are legitimate reasons to be afraid. But the good news is, is that this is fixable, right? If you've had, if you haven't checked that box in 2017, 18, you know, 19 is coming up on us here to prepare our returns. This is fixable. How? Absolutely. Hey, I'll tell you a story. Uh, last year, uh, a guy heard me talk. He called me up. He's a doctor. So he made a lot of money and he paid taxes on the money he made as a doctor. Very lot of money. But he also very, took his very lot of money. That's a very, new thing. Very lot. Very, yes. very <laughs> lot of money. He he invested in 2017. He ended the year with two million dollars in cryptos. He never took it to fiat. He just went crypto to crypto to crypto. Told his accountant about it. His accountant said, "Well, let's file an extension." Extension came and went for 17. Now it was 18. And he called in. He was doing the 18 return, and he said, "My accountant never reported this the prior year, and and now you know what do we do? We went and filed like kind exchange." For this 2017 trades, he ended up paying no taxes on that $2 million of gain. And then in 18, he did have to pay taxes uh, because the like-kind exchange rule goes away uh, starting 2018. The net result was we saved him $500,000 in taxes by doing like-kind exchange. We got tax amnesty on all these unreported foreign accounts uh, in his trades. And the bottom line is, you know, now he's he's totally current with the IRS, with the state government. And, you know, he, he's you know, he can sleep confidently at night. So, yeah, there's a lot to be done. That's wild. So what what are what was like the first steps then for people who are listening to who want to maybe, you know, it's like, you know, maybe they're using TurboTax or they're using some of those other solutions. Like, how do they utilize those and then, you know, interoperate with you? So I, I like to that's a great question, uh, Travis. It's good to take a sense of who you are. Are you, from an IRS point of view, are you a small fish, a medium fish, or a large fish? All right. I think you know if you're a large fish. Small fish, if you had like less than thirty or $40,000 in crypto, you're small. They're not really going to be coming after the small fish. Although, I'm, in my I'm not experience – at all. I'm a hairy mammal. <laughs> but, so, the, uh, I mean, I have a lot – I mean, in my experience, the small fish are the most conscientious. They are – I mean, I had a guy call me up. He said – I'm worried about the taxes. I said, how much did you have at peak? And he goes, $900. I put $900 in and it went down to $700. I sold it and I'm really worried. I said, don't worry. IRS is not interested in people that lose money. 
you know, they're interested in the people that have made like one of my clients, you know, he made 16 million in profit, other people making millions of profits or, you know, 500,000 in profit in 2017. These are the people they're interested in, uh, you know, and those numbers so, made me want to cry because I held all my cryptos <laughs> and that's sad news. <laughs> it goes up, it goes down. They all have different strategies, but, um, if you're a small fish or, or you know, a, you know, you consider yourself maybe small, you go to crypto tax on it. Uh, you go and you buy the tool section where we have the videos and we show you how to basically use TurboTax to do your tax return. You know, you, a small fish, you're probably not going to be able to afford me to do your services or any other accountant because you didn't make that much money or maybe you're losing money. Uh, but if you're medium or large fish, you have a lot at stake and you need to have it repaired. And it's good to have a perfect tax return as we go in because the IRS crackdown is, uh, you know, they've made it very clear. We have a new commissioner who's committed to increasing enforcement. Uh, he's already hired 1,000 more uh, revenue agents to go after enforcement. So the IRS is, is beefing up. So why the heck do other CPAs out there? not know this i mean what happens if you're a cpa and you prepare a return for somebody and they put their name on it and they don't check this box and that client then gets you know this huge fine levied there's a couple of reasons why i think that happens joel i think part of it is they listen to a one-hour webcam you know seminar and they said yeah it's it's property just find out what the purchase price is and the sales price it's pretty easy well the fact of the matter is uh, for traders, that's pretty hard because, you know, you bought it on this exchange, you moved to that exchange, went to this wallet, that wallet, you shape shifted it, it's over there, you lost those coins. I mean, it's it's Pandora's box of trading information. So that's why when we do a tax return for someone, we have a white glove service where we have a, a woman, she's basically a spreadsheet goddess uh, that will take all your spreadsheets of crypto trades and we make sense, heads and tails of it and where there's things missing. We try to reconstruct the, the returns. This is very complicated for everybody to do. Uh, and for accountants, they can't figure it out. And then once you start talking to an accountant, like you start saying, well, you know, I had a master node and I was staking some things, you know, you just completely lost them. They don't understand the concepts. And then the smart ones realize that their professional liability insurance is uh, not up to covering the fines that they're exposed to. And that'd be another reason why they're jettisoning clients. So it's a concern for most people. You know, they want to make sure that they're doing this right. What makes a great crypto tax return? How do we move beyond just merely telling the IRS some stuff to telling it to them in a way that protects you, really defends you from the ways they would attack you? That's what makes it great. First of all, you report all your gains on your, your, your capital gains and all your trades. You report all the income. If you had mining income, you report that as self-employment. Uh, same thing with staking income. You report all the income. Secondly, you report all the – you do the, both the and money laundering forms. Third, if you had losses, like, you know, a poor guy lost all his uh, passcodes to his his uh, ledger wallet, lost 130000 worth of coin, well, guess what? There's actually a way for us to do the Bernie Madoff treatment and uh, and actually save him some money uh, on his tax return there. Uh, or if Let you had a Ponzi scam. There's, there's a follow-up on this one because I lost 55 Bitcoin. And I've never. It's, uh, what happened was I, I got it in 2010. My computer crashed. And uh, I did, was not able to retrieve those cryptos off of there. I had 55 of them, and I've just been sad boy the whole time. So what we do is we declare them a loss. At some point in time, we have to decide 
that they're no longer retrievable. We write them off. And we can put a we put an affidavit into the tax return explaining why we do this. Why do we put an affidavit in? It's in a dumpster in Lee Summit, Missouri. It's gone. It's, there's no way. <laughs> Ten years ago, dumpster. Nine years. So let's ago. say so, yeah. let's say uh, I I was going to go redo your 2017 tax return, and we're going to report uh, the 55 Bitcoin lost. So we can take that as a loss and reduce your tax liability for 2017 or 18, whatever year we declare it in. So you know that's why it's important. That makes it great, and we put an affidavit in there explaining it so that the IRS can't just attack it they, because they will not attack an affidavit. That's somebody who's swearing. That's like already gone to court. A Ponzi scam. So many people got hooked up with like BitConnect and, uh, you know, some guy was telling me about a, a, uh, an exchange that was a Ponzi scam. You, we can collect, we can treat all that you invested as an itemized deduction. It's a very special pr- process. And, you know, this one woman had lost 130000 on a Ponzi scam. We were able to deduct the whole thing, wiped out all her taxes that year, and it left her with 90000 right off for the next year. So, ah. uh there, these things are great. Now, what really takes a tax return up to the next level, to the top of the tree, if you will, is we put in a disclosure statement that discloses how we treated all the different things in on the crypto tax return, how we treated splits, how we treated staking, you know, uh, all these sorts of things. And, and the reason I do this is because I hired a former IRS auditor for one year to work for me, and he was putting these in left and right. I said you know, Maurice, why are you doing this? And he said, ah, because when we're an auditor, we're on quota. We have to bring in so much taxes per month. And when someone's made a mistake, we can hit them with a 40% accuracy penalty, unless they have this particular form, an 8275 form in of disclosing the circumstances between why they did what they did. Because if that disclosure is there, they don't get to take the 40% accuracy penalty. Plus, they have to work harder to prove that the taxpayer did something wrong. Bottom line, the auditor takes that tax return, closes out, puts it at the bottom, moves on to the next guy. So th- this is, this is I call this the poison pill. You know, if your return finally gets to an auditor, this is going to sour him. So and that's going to, you know, it's worth its weight in gold. The auditor is basically like, oh, man, I don't want to mess with this. This is this is too much hassle. Exactly. Your typical accountant's not going to do that. TurboTax is not going to do that. TurboTax, let's talk about TurboTax and Tax Act. These guys both have an accuracy guarantee, right? You know how they pull off the accuracy guarantee? They don't let you do things that are on the fringe of the tax law. I'm not, I'm not really talking – I mean, they're in the tax law, but they don't let you do things that could get them into trouble on their accuracy guarantee. So they don't let you do the types of write-offs, do the disclosure statements that I just talked about. They just simply don't let you do it. So, so say, for example, then, in 2017, in December 2017 – my 55 bitcoins were worth 1.1 million dollars, right? So is that why we would put them? We would we would amend it, amend it to that particular one because then there's going to be uh, carryover for the next years or the carryover for previous years. Well, what we would do is declare them as as a loss. In other words, we would treat them as though you sold them for zero dollars. Okay. So the amount of write-off you get is not how high they got, but what the price was you bought them at before. So if you bought them at Five thousand, and we write them off at zero. That's a five thousand dollar write off. That loss. If I mined them, and they were like ten cents whenever I mined them. Well, I think you would. I mined them in like July of two thousand ten. Yeah, but I mean, they were potential investments. You had them in there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's two different ways we can treat it, but we could probably pull that off. 
So you've referenced uh, anti-money laundering several times, and you know I'm assuming that our law-abiding citizens out there, we're not, you know, we're not Pablo Escobar, we're not money laundering. Why do we need to be concerned about this? Uh, it's an international regulation that's been forced on all the countries of the world, and it began uh, from the efforts of Ronald Reagan declaring war on drugs, because there was this guy named Pablo Escobar who was at his peak taking $62 million a day out of the United States. And so they developed a new law called money laundering, where basically the penalty for money laundering is the same as the underlying crime that derived that uh, proceeds. They call it the proceeds of crime. And the challenge is trying to enforcement is basically monitoring who where the money is at so can you prove where the source is this is why when you open up an exchange now you have to do your know your client stuff prove who you are and then source of funds where did you get this money uh and this is why you have people who are hearing about their account getting closed down on kraken because kraken doesn't want to give them cash because they don't know where the money came from why do we care about this well the u.s has chosen as part of its enforcement regime to require people to report their foreign financial accounts, the maximum of value that they have in it. Similarly, they require banks to record, uh, to file suspicious activity reports or SARS to report anything that's mysterious. Well, anyhow, this is all coming to the crypto sphere. But why do we care about it? Well, bottom line is the penalties are very high. It's not a tax, it's a penalty. And this is the easiest way for the IRS of Congress, really, to get money. It's just to simply penalize people because with a penalty like starting at $10,000, Honest people are going to file, and dishonest people, crooks, are not going to file. So you don't want to look like a dishonest person, so you file. That's that's really the logic of how it, and it, it's quite effective. You said something really interesting there. All of the countries agreed on something. How did that happen? I mean, Reagan, like, they mandated? Like, who mandated it? Who said, you know, you said Reagan and whatever, so is there, like, some organization? That, and then they got every country to agree? That seems like a monumental feat. You're absolutely right. An organization was created in 1989 called the Financial Action Task Force. The members of the organization are the one member from every of each one of the 34 countries in the OECD. These are the developed countries. Mm. And they developed these, we'll call them recommendations. There's about 40 recommendations on what you should be done to in a country to protect against money laundering. Now, these recommendations are then used by the IMF because the IMF goes out and audits every country in the world, including the U.S., in terms of its compliance with international monetary regulations and recommendations like the, these financial action tax force. And what happens is if you get a bad score on the ratings, then the other countries of the world are now informed that you're on the gray list or the black list and that they have to do extra scrutiny of any transfers in and out of that country. Well, it's very bad. All right. So uh, it puts significant pressure on countries to fall in line and fall into compliance. They've ratcheted these things up. They're now at the fourth level of enforcement. It's very thorough. I got my uh, uh, advanced law degree specializing in this, so I do know what I'm talking about. So in um, February of last year, the Financial Action Task Force came out with a recommendation that all cryptocurrencies are to be treated as assets and that all countries in the world have to, within 12 months, actually this is in June it came out, in 12 months, they have to regulate all banks or, or trade, regulate exchanges in the same way that banks and brokerages are regulated in their country. That means, and so what you're seeing is the fallout. We're on this, we're still in that 12-month cycle. This is why you're seeing Binance 
split off a U.S. section so they can do special U.S. regulations for U.S. customers uh, elsewhere. But it's not just the U.S. law. Every country in the world is doing this. And uh, combined with some other laws, you're going to see international reporting of crypto exchanges are going to be the same as banks and brokerages. So every country in the world is going to report how much the maximum values were in the crypto exchanges in their countries. And they report that to the IRS twice a year. That's already happening in the bank world right now. If you had a, you know, that, that big bank account where you're storing all that money down in Mexico, well, Mexico is already reporting that twice a year back to the U.S. Lots of information there, Clinton. We appreciate it. DonnellyTaxLaw.com is your website, but you mentioned earlier crypto tax audit.com go ahead and tell people what that's about what they can expect and we'll finish with that absolutely uh, if you're a large fish medium fish and you need, you need help you can contact me on my website furry mammal you know don't forget us <laughs> it's small fall small furry mammals with large assets uh you can if you want to talk to me go to my website donnellytaxlaw.com schedule a consultation but uh, everyone should get the crypto tax audit. Why? Because when you get that letter from the IRS, they're basically demanding information. They want 30 days to respond. You have 30 days to find an expert who can represent you and defend you. And that's what crypto tax audit does. It gets you to the experts. It gets you an inside track. But when you become a subscriber at CryptoTaxAudit.com, you also get access to our tools package of videos so you can do your own crypto tax returns. You can get a better tax return than you're probably going to get with most any accountant and far better than you're going to get with TurboTax or TaxAct. You can use those tools to basically hack TurboTax to get you something, a souped up monster truck of a tax return. And, and it's just 97 bucks. 97 subscription. Yes, that's right. For that's a subscription is annual? Annual subscription. and it's the best investment you can. We have on there, you know, tips and techniques. We're looking at putting in more and more uh, stuff out there in the tools section to help you look at investments. People are asking like, well, well should, I, should I move to Puerto Rico to sell my assets? And what should I be doing for tax planning? We're putting a lot of videos and useful stuff out there from a tax point of view. Cause you know, you know, a, a third of our ta- our money goes to the taxes, you know? So this ought to be the most a strategic plan that everybody should have to protect themselves and to how, with their taxes and in their investments. Well, there you go, gang. Whether big fish, small fish, medium fish, uh, shrimp, uh, mammal. What What do you think, Travis? I just I'm just curious why you only want customers with big asses. <laughs> large asses. These all like I want. The, if you got large asses, come to us, baby. <laughs> well, we don't want small furry asses. Okay, gotcha. Hey, don't be don't be assist. thanks clinton we appreciate you coming on and sharing today my pleasure thank you very much that was not what i was expecting when talking to somebody named clinton (laughs) cryptotaxaudit.com you guys go check it out and that's it's diy you know simple simple to do okay now we've got another um interview here that ties right into the theme of taxing you've heard us give brief shout outs to our sponsor zen ledger before and we're happy to welcome them to the show today to talk about the tool that will help you provide your cpa with all of your crypto um buys and sells and trades and all that so here we go Well, here we are right in the midst of tax 
season. April 15th is looming in these United States of America, but there are places that aren't United States. You still got to pay your taxes and you need a crypto tax tool to make sure you get all your accounting right. Zen Ledger is one such tool. The website zenledger.io. And with us, we have the CEO, the creative genius, if you will, behind Zen Ledger, Mr. Pat Larson calling us from japan domo arigato kenichiwa mr pat larson well done joel thanks travis thanks for having me don't thank travis just thank me <laughs> he didn't he didn't do any of that intro he's put nothing into it so far come on travis step up i've said nothing nice to you yet so <laughs> you've also not said anything mean true yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we're glad you're here. You are a veteran of the United States Air Force, and we appreciate your service. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Did you? Uh, were you stationed in Japan? I was not. Uh, so uh, I went to the U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado for college, and which, by industry. the way, from my loft in Denver, I can see Pikes Peak. Yeah. So we we uh, it is it is a very good school, but it's not a very fun school. So we tried to get up to Denver and see you Boulder as often as we could. And then uh, I commissioned in the U.S. Navy and was a, a helicopter pilot. So I was stationed in uh, Texas and Florida and San Diego. There you go. There's the front range. Yep. There's the. Uh, so on a clear day, Pikes is a little obscure today, but I can see it still. It's amazing because it's a 90 minute drive from Denver to Colorado Springs. But Pikes is one of it's the only 14er. That's a little uh, mountain lingo for those of you who don't live here. The 14ers are mountains that are 14,000 feet or higher, and there's 52 of them in Colorado. It's the only one that's actually on the front range. The rest of them are set back into the mountains. It's not that fun to walk or run up and down it, but it looks like a lot of fun to drive uh, up and down it really fast. It is way fun to drive up it. And it's like, and then what you do is you're like, look at me, I've hiked up here. I'm, I'm just, I'm, look at me on the top of this 14er uh, that I drove up, which was nice. Very windy up there. So, so I want to talk about Zen Ledger. So Zen Ledger is a tool that you're able to import through various APIs from all these different exchanges. And you're able then to give an estimate of approximately maybe how much you're going to owe in taxes, right? So maybe talk to us about Zen Ledger and how you built this thing because i would say it's pretty extensible you're connecting to a lot of exchanges and pulling in a lot of data is that very impressive thank you i appreciate that yeah we've we've been hard at work for the last uh two and a half years my background uh, i got an mba uh, from university of chicago and then i became an investment banker and i've worked in some tech startups so uh, after a while working in both industries i felt i had a good handle on fintech started trying to you know look for company ideas in mid-2017 and, uh, you know, it was the ICO boom and uh, a lot of new people were coming into crypto. And it seemed like um, one of the better ideas, kind of picks and shovels type ideas, was to help people with taxes, but then, you know, grow the company in blockchain analysis and financial analysis as we move forward. Uh, my co-founder, Brian Starbuck, was uh, 10 years at Microsoft on the Internet Explorer team and the Windows teams, and then about 15 years in his own startups has, has uh, had a couple of successful exits. So uh, we joined up in 2017 and uh, just started building um, Zen Ledger. And, uh, at its core, we we know that taxes is very stressful, and um, you know people in crypto have to operate in a lot of gray area. And so to reduce that stress of not exactly knowing the accounting rules and the accounting rules not even really being uh, clear, uh, and exchanges constantly um, making it hard to pull your transaction information and get a clear picture of what your tax implications might be. We, we built the software 
for that, to, to bring in lots of APIs, CSVs, allow for manual adjustments, allow for um, you to be able to share the interface with the CPA, mining, staking income, handling forks and airdrops, uh, hacks, you know, lost coins, uh, uh, giving you a full audit package and all the tax forms you need. So we, we just kind of built it with that mentality in mind the whole time to make things as easy as possible. When you say easy, you know, what is actually involved then in using it? Yeah. So you would just go create a free account and then, um, you know, start at Coinbase or, or wherever is your fiat on ramp. Uh, you'll just do a one click API connection and then just go and add each, you know, additional wallet address if you use a wallet or other exchanges. And there'll be instructions if you have to kind of download a CSV or whatnot. And then you'll just run your reports. Um, usually there's still, uh, some things missing or a couple easy adjustments like you know, marking something as a self-transfer. Um, we always have customer service ready, uh, basically 24-7. There's you know, a, a chat uh, window, but email and phone call as well. And um, you know, nights and weekends as well, because that's when people work on their taxes. But that's, that's kind of how it is, depending on how easy your uh, taxes are. If you just have uh, a couple exchanges, you could be done in you know, 10 minutes. If, if it's very involved and you've been trading for, you know, five years, you want to, you know, finally file all five years of taxes this year, we can go do that. One of our seed investors was number 30 at Coinbase and actually flew helicopters with him in Iraq. And uh, he restated his uh, 2013 taxes through today and found a quarter million dollars that he'd overpaid. So, Ooh. so we're even better friends now. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. I'm not kidding. So, so say for example, this, like I have you know, I've connected Coinbase, I've connected KuCoin, mm-hmm. Binance, and a couple other ones. But one thing I, that I find was interesting is like, say, for example, I had some Dragon Chain. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the year on December 31st, I was like, you know what? I lost my ass on Dragon Chain. So I'm going to do a little harvesting of some losses mm-hmm. here. And and so I sold 40,000 Dragon Chain. But it created like 50 transactions because it was like, here's one, here's 71 that I'm selling. Here's 56 mm-hmm. that I'm selling, 40 that I'm selling, 283. And it created these 50 transactions. Now, since it created so many different transactions, does that create, you know, greater tax implications? It doesn't materially. So by definition, each of those is a different transaction and a different timestamp. But the prices are going to be so close together that if you aggregate them, it's the same thing. Like you could have sold 40,000 or you could have sold you know, 40 lots of 1,000 all at the same time and the same price. So you don't really have to worry too much. But uh, if, if you're in a highly volatile market and things are gapping, uh, then then sometimes you do like need to go through and uh, see if there are huge gaps or, or discontinuities in, in the price record. Uh, that might be, happen when you have uh, older transactions too. So the tool integrates with TurboTax for those who like to do their own taxes. And I suppose if you don't do too many trades, that's probably not a bad idea. Uh, you know, personally, while not a financial advisor, I would encourage anybody who does a significant number of trades to have a professional CPA help to uh, to integrate the Zen Ledger results with your taxes. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we, we are a partner with TurboTax. If you use TurboTax and you click on I have cryptocurrency, then you'll just get a little dialog box that asks you to upload uh, the 8949 uh, file that ZenLedger prepares for you. I think TurboTax is going to take up to 2,500 lines of transactions um, this year. But if you exceed that, we'll create an aggregate file for you that basically just has two lines, long-term gains, short-term gains. And and you know, as Travis mentioned, uh, we have a very comprehensive uh, tax loss harvesting tool. So as long as all your transactions are in there, we'll give you 
uh, a snapshot of what your current holdings are by lot. And so right now we're in pre-volatile markets, right? Um, we've seen Bitcoin go from 3,500 to 14,000 uh, and bouncing around a lot. So there's um, a lot of different price points you could have entered and exited coins in over the last year. Um, so at any point, you can bring up our tax loss harvesting tool and see by lot like, hey, of the 40,000 dragon I'm going to sell, the first 10,000 are going to be a gain and then the next 10,000 are going to be a loss. And, and you'll kind of see uh, how to optimize your tax return that way and 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 offset gains in other places by looking for coins that are underwater. Or say you really want to buy five Ethereum right now and you want to free up some cash, you can look at all the coins that are trading at a loss right now and you can sell those, harvest those losses and then buy the Ethereum you want to buy right now with what you freed up. All my dragon chain was a loss, my man. Yeah. All of yeah. it. Is a notorious uh, Meltem Demore's potato. Uh, it was what? horrible. I think ninety nine percent lost on this. It got up as high as five dollars. I think I sold it at like five cents. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that's the breaks. That's a diversification, I guess. Good stuff. So what what are some what are some of the tips and tricks for people who are jumping on? And you know, so what is the process? I mean, I know Joel and I have gone through it. You sign up, and then you know, they've got to connect things. So how, how does that, how does that flow work for the, uh, for the user experience? Yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah, you, you create a free account and then you'll just see on the top left, uh, how to start importing or connecting your accounts and just keep doing that. If you run into snags, uh, trying to find a, um, a wallet address on Jax or something, uh, we have help people standing by, but we also have support articles and you can just, uh, you know, keep connecting. And at some point when you have all your uh, accounts in there, you know, read only API or CSV or, or receiving addresses, um, we'll have a complete picture. And, and then you can start to make some tax adjustments like, oh, this was mining, that was staking, you know, this was a gift, this was earned, like taking quizzes at Coinbase and just make all those little adjustments that, that need to be made. And then you'll, you'll, we'll just produce your uh, tax forms for you, uh, Schedule D and 8949, um, an income report. Uh, uh, tax loss harvesting and a full audit package that CPAs use uh, extensively. I like that you have help people standing by. I wish I had help people standing by for everything in my life. You know, at any given moment, help! I just I need all the help I can get. Yeah, like a, a lot of our uh, business comes from referrals at this point too. And our our net promoter scores, uh, I think, like about a seventy-one. So we 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 just realize it's really stressful. It's really hard. Everyone's used to having. Uh, terrible customer experiences uh, all throughout crypto, and we we wanted to make sure that um, we did the best we could and made you know the, the toughest time of year uh, as easy as possible. Nobody wants to deal with taxes. No, it, it. I mean, it bought the helicopter I got to fly, so I do appreciate um, <laughs> some things like that. Oh yeah, you know, I, I would say is that is definitely definitely interesting, and I think that it's something that you know to to get a good bird's eye view of where we are, and this is very helpful, and nobody else is. Nobody else is doing anything similar to this. I mean, you guys are going above and beyond. And the fact is that you guys actually have customer service. Like, I can't call Coinbase really and get good customer service. I'm not going to hear from them. And, you know, I'm not even going to get customer service from Facebook or YouTube, really. I'm not going to talk to anybody. They're not going to help me out. So the fact is that you guys are putting a premium importance on customer experience and customer service, I think that's going to serve you well. And that's not a question. Oh, so um, one of your guests was Andrew Gordon, and he's a, a lawyer and an accountant out of Chicago. And we've, mm -hmm. we've partnered with Andrew. Um, so if you want to work with a CPA, uh, you can uh, purchase you know time from, from Andrew Gordon's firm and, and work with Zen Ledger and Andrew Gordon uh, as well. 
Excellent little pitch there for Andrew. We're, uh, we've also had uh, Clinton Donnelly uh, on the show of CryptoTaxTraders.com, and uh, he's a fan of Zen Ledger as well. You know, this EPA is like when you give them the data already, right? If you just throw stuff at them, that's, you know, here's exports of everything from all the different exchanges and wallets. They're like, oh, great. We get to go through all of this and make sense of it. And, uh, and Zen Ledger does that for you. Yeah, we have some really funny customer stories where their their CPA asks them, if, you know, the client tells their CPA, hey, I'm into crypto. And the CPA basically fires them. The CPA is like 55 years old and, you know, doesn't want to learn this speculative, you know, criminal magic money. And then uh, the the customer will just give the tax forms to the CPA and be like, no, I, I already took care of it. I used Zenledger. You can hop in there, too. And then that that saved uh, some CPA uh, relationship so far. And and we do have more CPAs using Zenledger now. Uh, usually they're a little younger and they kind of uh, need to put their their flag in the ground as the, the crypto expert in the Bay Area or in New York. And it's, so it's, it's a good way to grow their practice. Are you using that to market to CPAs? Is, is that part of your marketing strategy? Because it would seem to me that there's so many CPAs out there that are utterly clueless. You even say crypto and their eyes kind of roll into the back of their head and they, their mouth starts foaming like they have rabies. So I think that... It's a good idea that they have some tools. So how's that outreach working out? Is that is that part of this, that strategy is going after all those CPAs or working with the CPA associations or something? Yeah. So we, we do. I have given some talks at CPA associations. I think the industry as a whole is slowly coming around. I think one thing that holds it back uh, is that we don't have a lot of clear regulation uh, yet. And, you know, I, I don't think uh, we're going to get uh, a House, a Senate, and the president to all sign some comprehensive uh, crypto financial, you know, tax regulation anytime soon. Um, so we'll kind of have to continue operating in gray area. And CPAs really hate that. CPAs don't like the color gray. They don't. They really don't. Black and white. Black area. That's true. Everything they like to be black and white. Well, uh, ZenLedger.io is the website for you guys to check it out. I'm curious, Pat. Can you uh, maybe just as we close out here, fill us in a little bit of your crypto background? Yeah, sure. I mean, I've I've been watching and and dabbling for for many years. That's uh, I, I didn't really think I was an ICO guy or anything as I saw things really ramping up in 2017. Uh, middle of 2017 was when we really started to build Zenledger and just really getting in there. A lot of our seed investors were crypto whales like Ben Davenport of uh, BitGo and uh, Matt Gould of Unstoppable Domains now. And uh, they helped us a lot with a, with a ton of insights. And so it was, it was a really kind of like a fire hose uh, education there. And it was a lot of fun. And we've had several thousand customers at this point. So we, we've just a lot of uh, we've helped a lot of people in the crypto community. But the, and, you know, that was kind of my journey It's just kind of watching uh, the asset class. I've always been interested in tech and uh, geopolitics and finance, and this touches on all of them. Uh, so, so I'm like really happy that I was able to, you know, break into the industry and, uh, you know, create some software that actually helps people out. Very helpful. So, how do people get started? Yeah, just go to www.zenledger.io, create an account uh, in the top right. Anytime you need help, there's a little chat envelope you can click on uh, on the bottom right. You can email us at hello at zenledger.io. Uh, find us on Facebook or Twitter. Is there like a special offer or something for all the bad crypto folks that are listening to the show? Is there like a discount or anything? I believe so. I believe we have a discount for you. Um, I'm guessing it'll post in the show notes. I don't have it mm. off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, if you don't have it on hand, um, then you guys go to the show notes for this episode. I don't know the episode number offhand right now, but if you're listening to the show, 
then we'll tell you the deal here in just a moment. And well, just like badco.in forward slash zen or something, yeah? Yep, that's it. You know what? That's what it'll be, badco.in forward slash zen because mm. of crimes. So, so the coupon code will be badcrypto15, badcrypto15, and you'll be able to get 15% off uh, any reports you want, as many reports as you want. If you have five years of taxes you want to process, use that coupon and we'll take care of you. There you go. Badco.in forward slash Zen. Bad Crypto 15 is your 15% off when you go through that link and enter the code. Pat Larson, ZenLedger.io. Thanks again for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I'm feeling all Zen now, Mr. Travis, right? Is it on the ledger? Is there, is there proof that you're Zen? It's on blockchain. I just said it. So, you know, life is a blockchain, right? And now that I've said it, and it's out there, I guess you could say it's recorded. Life is a blockchain. Mm. And again, shout out to Zen Ledger. You just ha- you just heard from them. You just heard from Pat. Yeah, and if you go to badco.in forward slash Zen Ledger and use the magical code badcrypto15, that will give you 15% off of your Zen Ledger and make taxes a lot easier for you in the next coming months. So go check it out. Brand new review just popped up, Mr. Travis Wright, on iTunes. It's from a name I can't pronounce because it's really, I'd like to buy a vowel. Um, It's all consonants, but this chap is from the UK. It says, A for awesome, not alt. The chaps are A-OK, five stars. And we'd love to hear from you guys. If you haven't reviewed the show yet, please go to iTunes or Facebook or wherever it is that you listen to the Bad Crypto Podcast and shoot us out a little review there. And if you make it funny, we might read it here on the show. That's true. We like the funny reviews. And plus, you know what? Apple really appreciates those. It helps them with their rankings. So if you have not left us a review on this particular Apple device that you have (laughs) or whatever, go leave us a review. Please do that. Leave us a rating and review and uh, all that good stuff because that helps out with the rankings so other people can find us. And as the crypto moon gets closer, right, as the bull run seems to maybe be going, we're going to have more people coming on the show and helping them find us. It's a it's a nice, bad cryptopian thing to do. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. But at the same time, it tells us that you indeed do know how to stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.